Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey everyone, just a quick note before we get started on this week's episode. Apologies if last week you downloaded an episode about and with an E and started hearing something about travellers. That was a slight file mislabeling error. Um, guaranteed it won't happen again. This episode is about travellers, not the next one. Um, so thanks for tuning in and hope you didn't get too confused. Sorry. Bye. Everybody. Hello. My name is Jane. My name is Kurt. And this is Made You Look, a podcast where we make each other watch an episode of one of our favorite TV shows and try and work out why we love the things that we love. Mm-hmm. Uh, regular old season this time around, just general shows from across the board that we're trying to recommend to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what did you make me watch this week, Jane? This week I made you watch Travelers. It is with one L. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's something that was just bothering me so much. Yeah, it is. It is with one L. It's one of those words that you think is supposed to have two. It might have two when we write it in Australia. Yeah, I think it's actually a, a US UK spelling writing thing. I'm not 100% between... sure if that's a true story or not, okay. but, um, <laughs> but that doesn't really matter. But Travellers, uh, so I actually kind of, when this first show came about, I was interested. Yeah. Eric McCormack, and I was like, okay, let's see you in a dramatic role. I haven't really liked those before, but give it a crack. Yeah. And I was interested, but I was bored. Yeah, right. And I didn't really engage. Yep. And the mystery was two question box with not enough answers for me. Well, you only got up to episode four. Yeah. So how would you know? Like, give me more information as the episodes go by. They didn't give no, me much. They give you very little information in terms of what they're doing about, by even faking that one of their rules is don't really talk about it. Yeah, exactly. Forcing means that we don't have that much exposition. It means that everything has to come out through action because you can't explain anything. Mm, that's an interesting point. Yes. All right. Would you like to talk about the production history of Travelers? I would like to. There's actually not that much information about it, uh, except that it is created by Brad Wright, who is one of the co-creators of Stargate SG-1. Yes, that's right. Um, and all the various Stargate properties that followed that, mm-hmm. Stargate Atlantis and Stargate Universe. Yeah. And... Was there another one in there somewhere? There was one that came about, like, earlier this year that was, was kind of like a mini-series. It was kind of, like, episodic, and they tried to launch their own streaming service with every single Stargate in existence. Uh, but then there was, like, problems with the platform, uh, like, the user interface, and it was, like, set in Egypt about people discovering, like, kind of 1940s. Oh, I remember that they yeah. were going to make that. Yeah, they did. The first two episodes are on YouTube. Oh, um, I want to that. Uh, it's 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 it, it's not very engaging. It's kind of web series length. It's kind of like 10, 15 minute episodes, 10, 12 minute episodes, and then there's maybe eight of them or something like that. Um, huh. But yeah, uh, there actually is one. I can't remember what it's called. Um, maybe it's 
called Discovery or something. I don't know. Maybe he didn't write it. I just knew it was part of Stargate. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, so I assumed it would, he would have had something to do with it. I'm going to go away and find that now. Um, <laughs> it's a Canadian TV show. Um, it, it's a co-pro between Netflix and this Canadian channel showcase. Um, at least it was for the first two seasons and for the third season. Uh, it was just a Netflix show and then it was cancelled earlier this year in February 2019 just after the oh, third season Oh, it was cancelled. Yeah, so no, no seasons after that, but that's okay. It wrapped up. Right. It oh, wrapped up correctly. That's cool to know. I, I must say that the thumbnail for it on Netflix is most enticing uh, in this recent season release. Um, it's like a, an Ethernet cable and there's a bunch of like hazmat suit workers like like pl- trying to plug it in or fix a problem like of a like they're tiny to a giant Ethernet. Anyway. Sure. It just visually it was very striking and it made me want to click on it. Like you know how they constantly change the thumbnails yeah. on it, uh, on streaming services to try and like pull you in. Apparently they are tailored to you as well. Yeah, I, I I've been noticing those changes because it's not the same time that it is for my friend. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's changed recently. It's yeah. like and then it I adjusts realized, depending on what your viewing algorithm is. And also <clears> when <throat> I influence his viewing algorithm to be more like mine with the shows that I get him to watch, or when I just watch shows of mine on his, it starts mirroring how mind looks it's yeah. really kind of creepy i i, I view <laughs> it in the lens of amazing marketing <laughs> yeah but you also like marketing i do really like marketing i think it's fascinating the psychology behind trying to encourage someone to do something they don't necessarily want to do in the first place yeah i find it somewhat evil but yeah. anyway <laughs> that's um that's actually not too far removed from kind of one of the things that comes up in this tv show mm. um i first discovered this show uh i i used to have to work new year's eve as part of my job and um, that meant, you know, working until 3, 4 a.m. on New Year's Eve, usually from like, you know, 6, 7 a.m. the day before. Yeah. So, you know, it was a long, long day. And then New Year's Day, you, you're completely incapable of doing anything. So I remember on New Year's Day when I finally woke up at about 1 o'clock or whatever it was, <laughs> um, I then lay in bed at the Airbnb I was staying in and watched the whole first season of Travelers all in one day. I have heard from other people that it's a, a bit of a long haul show. You get more from it if you just stick in. Absolutely. And, uh, I can I can see watching it. Like when I looked at the content of the first four episodes, I was like, I can kind of see why you might have fallen off. Yeah. And I think that what I think that if you make it to episode five and <laughs> then six, and I think I may have given you the wrong episode. But anyway, because um, I <laughs> continued to watch it this morning and I was like, oh, this episode might have been better. Anyway, um, I think that that's when it really starts to get into um, the weeds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, let, shall we? Shall I give you some context? Some yes, episode context? Uh, please do. Uh, any Anything of note of the other actors? Um, uh, not, not really. Not really. Eric McCormick's probably the most well-known yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the others, uh, Amanda Tapping joins the cast later. Oh, cool. Um, that's some of the Stargate coming through. Of course. Um, but no, none of these main core characters I think are really, um, super familiar to me. I do like their acting though, because it is, it is quite, uh, powerful to just see it off the bat and them acting as someone completely different and then inhabiting the body as a completely different character. Which, of course, if you're not familiar with the show, Jane will tell you about it right now. I will, indeed. And I, I apologize in advance for the extensive show context. It's... Yeah, you gave more than was needed, but it helped. I just... It's... I didn't know how much was going to be needed. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I'll just give you, yeah, more than you <laughs> need and you can take and, take and leave what you can. Yeah. Um, Travelers 
um, are time travelers whose consciousnesses are sent into the present from the future, placed into the minds of people who were about to die. They prevent the body from dying and resume the lives that their hosts would have had, abandoning their personas from the future and never discussing it unless they need to. Um, And they only go by their host names. That's what that's meant to say. Not Mm. God. Go Mm. by. Mm. Um, They arrive in groups. Teams make up, made up of specialties and are given missions that supposedly culminate in saving the world from environmental, social, and economic collapse. The missions are dictated by a supercomputer named the director. They arrive with six basic protocols, which I included here because they often just like say them off the bat. Oh yeah. Protocol protocol five until we speak to you next. Yeah. And I was like, if you don't anyway, uh, so protocol one, the mission comes first. Two, never jeopardize your cover. And there's a little caveat to that, which doesn't um, matter, really. I copied no. these straight from um, Wikipedia. <laughs> Three, don't take a life, don't save a life unless otherwise directed. Do not interfere. Four, do not reproduce. Five, in the absence of direction, maintain your host's life. Six, do not communicate with other known travelers outside of your team unless sanctioned by the director. Um, I, I like two things that you mentioned here. One, um, supposedly, uh, you know, saving the world. We don't really know what they're doing at this point of time. Um, we just know that they're changing things from the future in a very directed plan. Yes, yes. Um, and the other one there is the very Jedi kind of-ish rule of a sort of organization in terms of, you know, oh, don't get in a relationship with someone else here. It's got a very logistical reason of you inhabited the body of someone who is going to die in the timeline. Yeah. So they're not meant to have a baby. Exactly. <laughs> they're not meant to add to the population and that addition could change things dramatically. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and not in the way, not in the very targeted way they're meant to, which mm-hmm. is a very, a very kind of wavy line that they have to deal with on this show, which is um, don't, don't take a life, don't save a life because we're only trying to change the things that we're trying to change. And we know that there's going to be ripples from that and we're trying to control those ripples. And if you do other things, you're going to fuck up everything. So, which is why they, um, which it comes into, you know, conflict a lot um, in the show. Uh, the characters that we deal with, our particular team consists of the leader, Grant or McLaren, as I actually normally refer to him as. The, he, and when I say, I tried to explain this. When I say who they are, I mean who they are in the body that they inhabit, not who they were in the future. Yes, because we don't know those names. Because we don't know those names. They ha- they only have code numbers and we don't know anything about them from the future, except we know a little bit about Trips and traps. But yep. mostly, mostly not. Because they're uh, not meant to even talk about it, are they? No, absolutely not. Um, he's an FBI agent who struggles to maintain his cover, especially with a wife and work partner who has certainly noticed the changes in his personality <sighs> since he became... Shit, I forgot he had a wife. He's got a wife. (laughs) She's not in this episode. She's not. (laughs) I kind of forgot. Yeah. Um, The medic, Marcy, whose host had an intellectual disability and whose brain is not coping with having a non-disabled mind in it. The tactician, Carly, her host is married to an abusive cop. She has a baby boy and she tries to balance the care of the child with her priorities as a traveler. The engineer, Trevor, a very, very old man, a pioneer of traveler technology, in the body of a 17-year-old host who's full of joy at the chance of a new life. And the historian, Philip. Historians have all of history in their modified brains and they can access it at different times when they choose. He got, brum- he got dumped in a heroin-addicted host and has struggled with the addiction. That's kind of the general context. Uh, Episode-specific context, which there wasn't a lot of because... 
I choose just about the only self-contained episode in the entire series. <laughs> so I didn't need to like point out exactly where everybody is in their journeys at this exact time, which yeah. was kind of handy. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of host business happening because no. they were kidnapped. No, which <laughs> may have been an error. But anyway, um, uh, Grant McLaren and Carly had a relationship in the future where they're from, uh, which they have recently resumed. Marcy has had increasing neurological symptoms, including seizures, but no one else knows about that yet. Um, she is currently staying, staying with David, her host's social worker and only friend. Marcy told him that she works alongside the FBI as a medical consultant and that her previous persona as an intellectually disabled person was actually a cover story. Um, part of the knowledge that Philip has in his historian brains are the TELS, which stands for like time, elevation, longitude, latitude, I think, right. um, of someone's death. Uh, oh, yes, because when every time that a traveller inhabits a, a body, we actually see the exact time, the time. and the longitude and latitude uh, of where it's all happening and the location. Um, I don't think they bring the location up, okay. but, yeah, the, it, it shows up. You show a little counter of the time counting down. Yeah, to how long before they die. The, and then you see when they, the moment. when they don't die, the timer counts up in green, Yeah, which I think is a cool little Yeah, No, it's a, it's, it's, it's a nice visual. Um. So he has all of the all of the tells in his head um, of the of people who could potentially become travelers, um, and he struggles with the morality of not saving all of those people. Um, and this struggle in general is not helping his heroin addiction because he's already <laughs> like um, with, torn, yeah, having emotionally, withdrawals. and he's got it withdrawal, and he's really struggling with all of that kind of coming together. So he's the only character that I felt engaged with when I originally watched the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right, shall so I go yeah. into the recap? Yeah, do give us a recap. Okay, so season one, episode five, room 101. Uh, the teens start the episode intercepting a family car crash that a new team of travellers uh, has introduced, uh, has saved by invading the bodies prior to their deaths, uh, but there was a misfire. Uh, their one team member short and the daughter of the family is still alive and untouched by the time travellers' body hijacks. Grant helps them get set up and Philip giving them a gambling tip to build the funds. Uh, on the car ride back, Carly is hit at an intersection and alongside Trevor wakes up cuffed to a wheelchair in cages at, with an IV drip. While Grant was in his car, the other two members of the team, Marcy and Philip, are in the same situation as them but still unconscious. Their large captor creepily rolls Philip away. Carly finds herself in a dark room with a tube television and a camera on top, flashing questions with pictures of people in her life for information, uh, one of which is asking about when she is from and about the protocols. Carly doesn't budge an itch in the interrogation, and when they threaten her child, she threatens them right back. On his return, uh, Philip the addict announces that he's going to start getting withdrawal symptoms soon, and his partners guide him through meditation to help him with it. Carly fills them in on the W word when she comes back, and Philip is seemingly injected with more heroin than is needed, and Marcy is taken away, preventing Trevor from self-sacrificing himself yet again, constantly screaming out for him to be taken. Marcy is questioned similarly, and David is threatened on screen. Philip lets the others know that the second injection was given is not heroin, but some sort of different drug tailored to the effect of the modified mind of a historian, forcing the memories to come out spilling forth and rendering him unstable. 
However, instead of giving anything away, he utters famous poetry and their owners over and over again. When Trevor is finally taken, he just constantly irritates uh, the large creepy man despite the television's prodding, and Marcy gets terrified from a fake-out death with Philip on screen. That was shocking. Um, and uh, causes uh, Trevor to doubt uh, whether they have even have Carly's baby in the first place. As the giant man goes to wipe away blood from her eye, Carly coerces him through the cage and bites his arm to the point of, I guess, death through a major artery? Yeah, well, she's biting specifically his wrist. Uh, yes, yes. And uh, the whole B plot line that's coming, uh, running alongside this, is Grant's plot line of trying to find them. Essentially, David, uh, the um, companion and uh, carer of Marcy, comes home empty-handed, empty house. No one comes home for dinner, alerts Grant to the situation because of an FBI card left around there. Grant eventually comes to the decision of, like, they're all missing, tries to get help from someone else. And the new leader of that, the team they saw at the beginning of the episode, actually says, what if the director actually planned this? They can just take out people for other orders. You don't know how things have changed in the plan. Maybe you have to just face the fact that you won't see your team again. Yes, that wasn't the leader of the group. that. They, oh, it wasn't the leader. It was a, it was a, oh, she doesn't belong to the group that they met earlier in that episode. She belongs, Oh, I thought it was the same person. No, she she's actually a previous character who... I couldn't remember any of the context around her, so I didn't give it to you, but <laughs> oh, she's, just yeah. another, she's just another traveler. The one at the beginning had blonde long hair. She had long short hair. That's right. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Uh, I just thought that's why they were both in the episode. <laughs> Different people. Different people. Um, unfortunately, this means that he has to cancel the big mission they had planned tonight because he has short a few people of his team. Um, using his many resources, Grant finally locates his team who are barely conscious but alive, and he talks to Carly who wonders if in if the mission failing in the first place was the reason that they were all taken. That's it. That's it. Good one. Yeah. Um, I really do kind of wish I'd given you the next episode. Uh, yeah, so unfortunately, <laughs> as mentioned earlier, we... Uh, well, how about I just uh, let you know some of the reactions I had, actually. Oh, yes, please. Please give us some reactions. Oh, yes. Yes, Philip with the long hair. I like this. Yes, okay. He's getting to use his knowledge from the future to set them up with funding and to fund their operation. Okay, yeah, I like the little tidbit detail to let us know how they can afford to do what the hell they're doing. Cool. Okay, I really didn't get a good look at the eye before. Is the same guy? Different guy? Very dark. Oh, okay. Cute. Chivalry, of course, is not dead, but I guess also he's apparently a very old person who is now in the body of a very younger person and has lived a long life, so Carly should survive, so... Sweet. I don't think sex is just, you know, he's had a long life. He's been... Anyone can do that. Yeah. Good on you, Trev. Was David drinking milk? Like, there was a glass of wine for someone and then a glass of milk... Has he got, like, an alcoholic backstory and now he's sober? Probably not relevant. Maybe it could have been a mimosa. Not the right glass. Anyway. Oh, yeah, his specialty is mac and cheese. American mac and cheese is a really good recipe. Way, way less healthy. Oh, no! Oh, he's got the baby! Okay. This is a dark episode. Or maybe they're all this dark. Were they ever this dark? It was just gritty. Gosh, this is dark. Is this a, um... With great power comes great responsibility situation, or just a power that's not fully tested in the future and can easily break down in a human body with all that information. 
I'm not sure if it's getting scientific or philosophical. I like it. Whoa, whoa, they just shot him. They didn't just shoot him. He's like my favorite character. Oh, she's seizing. Okay, body notwithstanding from previous brain. They didn't just kill Philip. Was that, how was that hallucination? She wasn't drugged. Ugh. If they've just gotten rid of the only character that I enjoyed in this show previously, I'm not happy, Jane. Yes, bitch! I didn't think she was going to bite him. I thought she was going to, like, headbutt him or, like, head grab him with the neck and the shoulder. Oh, yes. This reminds me of actually a really fun video game. Oh, yes. Go, Carly! <laughs> okay. Okay, it sounds like you had some fun times in there. I had a good time, but mostly because they didn't really know what was going on. Well, you're kind of not meant to it with this particular yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I don't like that so much in the show. I think that was, as we talked about a little bit more, like not really knowing entirely what's going on isn't, isn't fun for me. Like, I, I do like it when, you know, there's a twist coming or a piece of information that you don't have and slowly, bit by bit, you get it. But I'm not really getting much from them. And I want little clues or little bits to get along the way, I think. And that's a bit of part of my struggle with this kind of show, where it's a bit more larger question mark and you don't need to know that information yet. I think, I think, I wonder how you've watched it in the past has it been as a focused viewing or has it been doing other things? I mean, first episode, definitely focused viewing. Yeah. First episode, I agree, is you don't get a lot of information. Mm -hmm. But after that... They do say more, like, stuff around these rules and, and, and reasons behind them and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I wasn't paying enough attention. Like, this is a more of a specs kind of level show. But this particular yeah. episode, especially on second viewing, I didn't feel like I had to pay that much attention to it at all. No, and I kind of picked this reason, this episode for that reason right. because I knew that you could come into this one without a huge um, knowledge of what happened beforehand with um, – that the plot itself was going to be very simple mm -hmm. so that you kind of had a chance to get to see all of the characters um, in distress, uh, see how they react to that, um, and, and that, yeah, I thought it might be an easier jumping in point. What, I mean, I'm gonna, I don't want to get too far into what I like about the show, but <laughs> yes, um, no, that's one, a bit early. one of the things that I really appreciate about, appreciate about the show is that you may not realize that the bits and pieces of information that you're getting are going to be interesting right. until they all start to add up. So there's one thing that's mentioned in this that seems like it's just kind of a sad piece of information about the future that later on down the line is going to become so incredibly important. What, just like the mention of, but we could have saved all those people? It's it's talking about Shelter 41. Okay. Um, and the, and the idea of shelter 41, that was obviously it collapsed at some point mm -hmm. and it's just Phillips talking about it as a very sad thing that happened, um, kind of philosophically that they all woke up just before they died and how upsetting that all was. The, the idea of shelter 41 collapsing later down the line becomes super important. Right. Okay. Um, um but no, I, I do like it when shows, I guess that is a, a, a problem, but a big benefit of long haul type shows Yeah, where you're given bits of information, but they don't feel valuable yeah. or worthwhile or like they're directly relating to the main story that you've got right now until later, like in maybe 12 monkeys or something like that. Yeah. Um, where 
in the later episodes, they all the pieces come together a lot more, and it seems much more relevant. Those little tidbits of information that were yeah. that seems like just a bit of mumbo jumbo to make it sound like good science fiction TV. Yeah, I think it's um it's kind of like a murder mystery in that way. Yeah, no, and and so I guess with those kind of um, shows. It's definitely a matter of the characters pulling me through. Yeah. And without seeing more of their host life, it's going to be hard for me to rate this show on this episode. Sure. Um, because I was pulling a lot of my previous knowledge and information from a combined well, I point also, of... Well, I also knew that I could do yeah, that. And that's also part of the strategy of picking this is that I knew that you had a bit of an understanding of what they were like in their lives. Because I imagine you would probably like the host dynamic of their lives, an interesting part of their cover or their role that they play in the show. Yeah. The- because balancing that, it's, it's a really fun uh, uh, allegory about balancing work and life. <laughs> it is. It's a little bit like that. It's also a little bit about... Um, a little bit about identity, like these guys mm-hmm. have to come in and resume the lives of their hosts and, and they're supposed to basically um, abandon their whole previous identity, their whole previous personality, everything that they would normally do and try and react in the way of these hosts who they only know through public record and social yes, media presences. Yes, yes, So they've basically gone like... They have no memories of the previous host or anything like that. They're just going off a digital footprint of information. Exactly. So which you're like, wait, she had a baby? Yeah. Well, no, I mean... <laughs> Was that a surprise? No, they knew that she had a baby because okay. the thing is they have the whole digital record. Yeah. So they have Facebook, they have all of their social media. So they can look in and, and know the rough movements of these people's lives and know roughly what their personalities were. But as we know, like a, a di- social media presence does not necessarily mean what a person is actually like. But it is also helpful that a number of them suffered from generally head injuries or like considerable accidents before their change. Trevor did, yes. Yeah, it's a little bit of a, a, a bull in their factor uh, or, or I guess a, like a, a helpful way to be like, oh, you, you seem so different now. Yeah. Yes, because... I got hit in the head. Yeah, they, they use that a lot for Trevor. They, he, they're always going like... He was a fighting ring? Uh, he was in a fight. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's always going like, yeah, that damn concussion. I've just been, I've just been real different since my concussion. (laughs) Oh, well, I'm going to act completely differently to how I used to. Um, but I love Trevor. I think it's a, it's an interesting, uh, dynamic, uh, where if I didn't know that information, I don't think I would have got that in this episode. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I really collected that information previously. So maybe when I was watching the the other two episodes, I wasn't really. About him being an yeah. older. Yeah. yeah. So he's really interesting because he, um, he, everyone else's traveler, like three, five or three, six, two, nine or whatever. They're all up in the three. Oh, their numbers in terms of uh, like their agency serial number or yeah. identification yeah. is how many travelers yeah. there have been. Exactly. It's sequential. His number is one, one, four. Wow. So he is significantly older than the rest of them. And the reason that he's so much older is because he, they were, when they were figuring out how to put people's brains in other people's bodies, he was one of the first people who got moved into another body. So, and that was just in the present future, the future. So is he from a different time than the others? No, no. It's like when, <laughs> before they could figure out how to transfer minds into someone's brain in the past, they had to figure out how to oh, transfer minds into in someone's the, brain in, in, the, in the present. In the present. So he's already lived uh, two so he's, lives. He's lived something. at least two lives. Right. Uh, if not more. So he's, 
a couple hundred years old. Jeez. Um, which is why he's very... I was going to put that information in there, but I was like, no, I'm just going to tell you he's a very old man. <laughs> that kind of gets the same um, feel. I, I like his his behavior, but I don't really know what the angle is. I think he's just... He, has, he hasn't got no shits to give. Yeah, he's got no shits to give, and I think he is trying to play a little bit of the... Um, the, you know... Chivalrous, uh, older person, like, yeah, sacrificing themselves for the yeah. younger side to get a chance. Um, and also because because he's so... He's very intelligent. He's very wise. He's like, if I get through, I may be able to pick up different details than other people. So I, I can maybe find something to help them through it. Yeah. yeah not yeah. necessarily an egotistical thing, but maybe a not really known egotistical thing that with people of a certain age, yeah. you're like, oh, I know kind of stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Um so, yeah, but I, I kind of I like in this episode how we really get to see um, everyone's different kind of responses to stress, the stress, um, whereby Trevor, you know, he does get very like mm. jokey and loud and he keeps trying to keep the situation light. And he's like, come on, guys, like everything's fine. Like, don't stress out. Don't try and like get loose from your restraints. You know, it's not going to help. Like he's very practical, but also positive about it. I did like that when he said to, to Philip, OK, let's do the meditation together. And he's like, come on. He's like, no, let's. It will help. Yeah. yeah. And like changed his tone and was just like, okay, here we go. Yeah, exactly. You get that kind of. Honestly, guided meditation feels the stupidest by yourself. If you feel with someone else, it downgrades how stupid it feels. I would a absolutely lot. feel stupider doing it with somebody else. Really? Yes. I think it works in the exact opposite. Because if I'm doing it with other people who are also doing guided meditation, I've done it lots of times actually. Um, it feels more like, oh yeah, this is a bit weird, but we're all doing it. So we're all like this and we've all got our eyes closed. Cool. But like, Whereas if, if I'm doing it by myself. doesn't my... have their eyes closed and is watching me meditate? That's just. What if someone. Why are you thinking about what if, <laughs> why does that matter? You've just got your eyes closed. But what if I fall asleep? What if I make a stupid face? What if I. I, I I've never done guided meditation for anything like, uh, longer than 10 minutes. I could fall asleep during guided meditation, I guarantee you. I'm very tired all the time. Right. I don't know. I just... I, don't, I think that's a, a silly fear, but it's your own fear. I don't like right meditation. Yeah. I don't like meditation in general. <laughs> but It anyway, feels like I'd be in too vulnerable a state to be among other people. I'm curious to know what his... Uh, like, from your context, I'm curious to know what he is like on the regular as opposed to in a high-stress situation. Not, un- not dissimilar to this. So he's just enjoying uh, being being able to be reckless, I guess. He's he can't Not so much reckless, but just the enjoyment of being in a body that's not failing him. Right. Because he's been in, in these old bodies, like, you know, he's lived through two full bodies. Mm. And so he's kind of like he can, he can run, he can, he can, like, you know, he, Did and he, he have his girlfriend come over in, like, the first episode post-concussion? Yes. Um, yeah, and he had to, like, talk his girlfriend out of having sex with him because a big moral conundrum that these people all have with in terms of having wives and partners is and that... like, resuming the host life. Resuming the host life is that, well, they don't know that I'm not them, and so it's... It's kind of not really consensual. It's not really consensual for me. But to it's have also sex like I need to maintain my cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's sketchy ground, um, which they they get into a little bit with McLaren later on, but not as far as I would like. Um, I don't think they really address it fully. Anyway, um, who so would you say is your favorite? I love Marcy. Oh, okay. Marcy is absolutely my favorite. She was definitely the most intriguing from the pilot episode. Yeah. I got I, the least amount from her in this episode. I, th- I think, like, when you have five characters, 
you know, you, not all of them are going to get the same amount of screen time no. or like big emotional beats as others. You maybe didn't get a lot from Marcy, but I think seeing David react gives you a, tells you a lot about Marcy. True, true. Because she also, she, her story has a significant supporting character who seems to get more screen time than the others. Yeah. So like we didn't see any other host people, um, but we saw him. Yeah, David's actually a regular and most of the others are only supporting characters. Right. And so Marcy and him are much more of a unit than the other hosts. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, we see a lot more of David and David and Marcy, their relationship relationship is um very integral to the plot yeah and i guess like her identity shift was the hardest to kind of get yeah, over exactly she she's like she couldn't really resume her her, her post life, life yeah in the way that everybody else could because she's like i'm not intellectually disabled mm. and it's she couldn't really pretend to be yeah so um and she also they also didn't I don't think they knew that when they jumped her into yeah, the brain. Yeah, I think that I think, information wasn't given because why would they put her in that body? I think that it was something like... Um, like I, it was missing from, from the, justification. the social media or something? Yeah, there was something, There was something. some reason. They, they knew that they had somebody who died, but they never had any other record supporting oh, material. Oh, so we knew about the fact that she was, like, you know, mugged in, a, in an alley in the rain and yeah. murdered, but we didn't know that that person had an intellectual disability. Exactly, yeah. yeah. For some reason that... They, they took the risk of putting her in that brain without knowing anything about her, mm. um, and then she didn't realise and she didn't behave the right way. <laughs> and she seems to be a ticking time bomb. Um, yes, that sort of is the direction it's going in, in that she her brain's not going to hold out for much longer. Mm. Um, so she's my favourite, and I do really like her. They do a lot of really interesting things with her throughout the seasons. Um and, and there are times when I don't like her very much because of what they do with her, but it's all, as a whole, very intriguing and I like it a lot. Um, I like her relationship with David and that kind of thing. But yeah, I just got very uncomfortable by the relationship with David in the first few episodes, but it is an uncomfortable ground to cover. Well, yeah, it's, and it's always they don't make it um, romantic to begin with because he's always like, no, I'm your social worker. Yeah. and I. But once they make, become clear that, she's not um, intellectually disabled, then it's sort of... Um, I'm working for the FBI as a secret. Exactly. <laughs> like, he, he comes to terms with that and then they have to deal with, like, the legality around the fact that she's still registered as such. Oh, yeah. Um, and, like, the, 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 like, the social worker comes around and, like, the, the head of the social worker comes around and is like, this is, like, either you're taking advantage of your client or your client has been taking advantage of the system and oh, pretending yeah, to be money and, yeah, uh, yeah. to get the support. So it gets a bit sketchy, but they, they deal with it anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, anyway. Um, so what do you think about Grant? Because that's the only thing for me that was not the only thing, obviously. There were a couple. But one of the things that, that lacked for me was that I just seemed like a very boring character. Yeah. It's the most interesting thing about him that we've seen so far is the relationship between him and Carly. No, I hate that. I'm really bored by that. Okay, because that's I was going to say that's also boring. No, that's very, very boring, and I don't even think it lasts very long. Um, no, the the thing about McLaren is there's the double identity thing, which we didn't see much of this episode. Yeah. We got a little glimpse yeah. in that he missed his court date, Yeah, and he's really struggling to maintain that balance of... of work and life and top secret missions Um, because his work, you know, your work as an FBI agent already takes you away from your personal life enough. Yeah. Um, But he's got to try and, you know, be a secret agent at the same time in the future. 
Um, <laughs> Going to be a time-travelling secret agent. So there's that element, which is kind of interesting at times, not super deep in my cup of tea. I mean, McLaren's not certainly is my favourite character. Yeah, yeah. I was just curious to know if his character kind of had more development that was interesting because I, I just, unfortunately, for yeah. one of the big name actors of the show in the person who gets more screen time generally than some of the other characters um, is just the one that is drawing me in the least amount. I think he I think he probably will continue to draw you in the least amount. Right. Um, the others the, are quite dynamic, I suppose. The good, the more interesting parts of his um, kind of personality or development come through the idea that he, as a leader, um, he kind of has to has to or likes to improvise a little bit when mm-hmm. things um, don't go the way that he's expecting. Um, and you see that a little bit in this episode yeah. where he's, you know, all of a sudden his team are missing and there's every reason to believe that they've been taken out of the equation and by that's the director. part of the plan. That's part of the plan. I've been on countless missions where my team just entirely disappears. Exactly. But he's also like, well, I don't really accept that and I'm going to do everything I can to find them. Yeah, and even when he officially cancels the mission with the helicopter pilot, it's like, I'm not giving up yet. No, he's, not, he's certainly not giving up on his team. He's, he's um, quite the dad figure of the team, isn't he? Exactly. Um and so there's there's kind of a tension between he does what he has to do, it, like he still honestly believes that the mission comes first, but he always wants to find a way to do the mission and not have everybody die if he can help it. Yeah. Um, and that is... Mark of a good leader. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that is called into tension with, you know, perhaps what the director had intended. Following the protocols. Yeah. Mm. Um, or following the mission instructions, which are different to the protocols, but, right. you know, uh, the mission comes first... And there's very specific ways of accomplishing the mission that improvising means that you're not generally doing it the way that you should be. Exactly. But oh, I'm still getting it done. I'm but you might have done. a different ripple effect. Exactly. And that's always, um, that will will become very important. But again, it's not in this episode, but we see elements of that in this episode in that he refused to believe that they've just gone. Yeah. He's yeah. like, well, like maybe that's the case, but I don't know. And he didn't trust in the system enough that the system would either help him find them if they were missing not by their own hand mm-hmm. um, or that even if they were gone by the by the director's directive, um, that that would be okay. Yeah. He was going to keep searching for them anyway. So I think that that's, that's kind of um, where his character is focused. I think uh, one of the things I really do like about this show, though, is that we're not seeing it from the future side. We're not seeing, you know, a man in the chair or something else like that that's guiding them through this entire process um, because while it is frustrating, um, it does hold mystery to it. I can't deny the fact that it does put a big question marks uh, about what's happening, what's yeah. going on, what is going to happen, what are they trying to prevent, but and that you don't see the immediate effects of what they do. Yeah. It's, it's a trickle down. Exactly. Um, because you're stuck in one part of time. You're not seeing the immediate effects or results of a mistake they made or a mission that was successful um, because they're in part of a bigger plan, but also they're also maybe not part of the bigger plan. Well, yeah, that's part of the improvisations. That's one of the things that I also really enjoy about this show is that um, we're basically watching the foot soldiers mm. for starters. It's not that we're watching their big heads of everything. They don't know the bigger plan. They do not know the bigger plan. They get sent information and they have to act on that information and they do do not know what the result will be. There is a very stern soldier taking orders approach from most of them. They yeah. have a lot of faith in yeah. the mission. Absolutely. And and as they mentioned in the car, they all volunteered for this mission. Mm. Um, this is not something that they 
didn't want to do, they yeah. all came forward and said, like, yes, I will do this. I believe in this. So it's very much um, I like the idea. And, that, and, again, that tension of, like, I believe in the mission. I have to believe in the mission. Otherwise, what am I doing here? But also um, I don't want to die or I don't want my people to die or like what is the right thing to do what is the right thing to do here which they come up against constantly um they constantly have moral dilemmas which Philip is kind of the um the strongest the strongest morally in that sense because he sees so much he sees everybody's futures if he chooses to um one thing that I want to talk about is um the concept of the five-man band oh yeah okay um which is a it's a kind of trope basically mm-hmm. of TV shows and movies, um, which is a, a makeup of a team that kind of uh, works to further the plot and and have character interactions that work. So I kind of first learned about this codifying of this idea. I think I always understood the idea that you'd have to have, um, you know, everybody in a team has to have a role. Yeah. Um, but I first learned the actual codification of this. Um, through uh, the Chipperish Media um, podcasts. Right. Um, Lady Diane Reach talks about it a lot in relation to Angel on the Still Dead podcast. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and basically a five-man band, because it's, it's basically modelled after a literal rock band. Oh, right, yeah. Um, yeah. With a, a lead singer, a lead guitarist, um, a drummer. Mm-hmm. A bass. A bass. Keyboardist. And- uh, Ooh, not a keyboardist. No, in is this horn. In this version, it's like somebody on the tambourine or backing vocals. <laughs> um, and so, and the names that they're given in literary kind of concept mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. the leader, mm-hmm. the lancer, which I'll talk to you about a little bit in a minute, um, the muscle, the brains, and it used to be called the chick. They now since refer to it as the heart. Right. Because none of this should be gendered. Oh, and this is also a little bit Captain Planet, maybe. <laughs> totally. Totally Captain Planet. Um, and so the idea being that the Lancer, uh, sorry, the leader is the leader mm-hmm. and usually the protagonist. Yeah. The Lancer is kind of the lead guitarist or the... the Edgy um, attacking the, one? The best friend. No, oh, no. Oh. It's kind of the best friend role. Lancer basically meaning that it's usually the character who is opposite to the... Um, do you want to know what Lancer means? No, no, I know what it means. I'm just thinking it's uses. Yeah. Um, like yeah. lancing a boil. <laughs> Very different. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, I got you. I got you. But I it's, you. it's the, usually kind of the best friend who is an opposite in personality, but challenges the lead mm-hmm. in various ways. Oh, yeah, yeah. You see that constantly. Yeah. Um, then there's the muscle. The muscle. Yeah. You know, usually not terribly bright, there to do a job, um, perhaps morally ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Um, the brains, who's usually um, the, very, very intelligent, usually planner. physically quite weak. Um, and then there's the heart, who is usually there to reflect on all the other characters, bring the group together, maintain a cohesive unit, be emotionally intelligent. And this group of people falls so firmly into the five-man band that it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, you've got the leader, the leader, mm-hmm. obviously McLaren. Um, the Lancer, I consider to be Philip um, as somebody who uh is in opposition to grant in terms of being you know uh, personality wise oh okay and the different things they stand for yeah um, but very very willing to question mclaren um to challenge things to say we should do this because it's right um the muscle is carly Mm -hmm. and then 
the heart and the brain switches around between Marcy and Trevor, um, depending on the episode and the need. Um, sometimes Trevor's the heart because he's kind of the wise old man who's jovial now. Is well, he's jovial, but he's also um, he's also wise. He's had experience. He has experience. He's, he, you know, people come to them with his come to him with their problems, um, and he talks them through and that kind of thing. Um, but he's also an engineer, so he's very, very smart, and he's one that builds everything. Right. Um, and Marcy... Oh, and needs certain pieces of certain things and won't be able to do it without this sort of thing. Well, I mean, that makes him also the brain sometimes, basically, yeah. because yeah. he's also the one who's kind of in charge. He's also... I mean, although he's um, he's strong physically, but he's also young physically, so he's not... He's not an adult. He's not an adult, so he, there's a lot of things that he can't do yeah. because he's not an adult. Yeah. He can't... Like, even Philip is a little bit older than him, isn't he? Yeah, Philip's kind of college-aged. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, drug overdose, that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. And it was college campus, I think, that discovered his body in the first episode. Sorry. Uh, This is like as long ago when it came out, when I saw it, but it's quite, it was a good start. It was a very, um, teasing, interesting, visually impressive, confusing, but wanting to know the answer of start of TV show. Um, I enjoyed this first episode. I did enjoy the first episode of this show, but then after that, I just didn't really yeah. get hooked in by any of the characters. Yeah. But um, you, you've enjoyed the, the journeys that they've gone on with a combination of balancing their secret agent, time-traveling future life, and also their host life resuming an identity that isn't their own, but yeah. they're now assuming. Yeah. I mean, is it are they allowed to branch very far from their host identity? Because they, they're, not, they're not meant to, I suppose, are they? Well. They're, the idea is that if they branch too far, people start to get suspicious. Right. And and what does that mean? So there's a little bit of, um, you know, just maintaining the cover and trying not to make waves, um, which also may include, like, trying not to do too well. Yeah, because your person should have no more impact on even their closest family members' lives from this point onwards apart from them just missing them. Exactly. Exactly. Which is why the kind of idea is oh, do not reproduce. Do not, not just with o- your own uh, teammates, but also your person's not meant to continue any bloodline because yes. they died. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do not reproduce. Do not take a life. Do not save a life. Do not. Mm. Do not interfere. Yeah. Make as so, little differences as possible. Exactly. And, and most of the lives that they overtake are very. Um, kind of vanilla not vanilla but they're not super like high profile people yeah, they're, they're not people of note yeah they're very much under the radar exactly so the kind of no one would miss them kind of types apart from their family. except for the people like you know if they needed an fbi agent then they'll take an fbi agent mm. you know but they don't do that very often because that becomes risky right yeah um because all of a sudden fbi agent also needs to know all the FBI things. I do like that this show has an element of guesswork behind it. The fact that they don't have it figured out. The fact that something as advanced as time travel exists, but it's still got issues. It's still got risks. It's still got problems. It's not perfect. Yeah. It's, you know, we had a misfire. Shit, we missed one. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, oh, well, I guess, you know, the car was moving and she was moving within the car. It makes sense that we didn't quite get the tell exactly right. You know, if you're off by a couple inches, like, can you still land in that brain? It's, you know, I, I like the idea that there's a lot of, you know, confusion and technological problems and nothing is quite quite right. It's not perfect, particularly because the future that they're from, as we've kind of indicated in this episode, is very, like, messy and disastrous. Mm. There's and some bad shit has happened. Exactly. They're all drinking, you know, 
five times recycled water. And yeah, I remember them mentioning that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the how I- shit it tastes. Yeah. So. Yeah, nothing is perfect in this in this plan, and sometimes they get called off of missions at the last minute, or you know, and they or they know that they can't do the mission. They need a minimum of six people, and he doesn't have six people, so he's like, "No, the mission's off." Yeah, I do. I just, I just, I'm worried that it's this show's twist is simple, but I feel like it's probably not given how much detail they put into what, the stuff. Where do you it. feel the twist is leading? That they're working for the bad guys. Because they don't have as much information about the director and where this faith in the mission actually comes from. If they've kind of been brainwashed by a different version of society to believe that this is the thing they should be doing to save the world, but they're actually doing counterpoints towards it. But the acts that they're doing and the missions they seem to be on seem to be all directing towards saving people. But then you don't know what effect that has on the rest of the world of saving certain types of people, what that will do. But, you know, it, it doesn't seem... Uh, suspicious, but that what's, is what makes me suspicious, I suppose. Well, that. I think I think what's interesting about this episode is that we become aware that there's either a uh, bunch of other ones, either there. a faction, I like either that there's something going on with the director that's causing. Oh the, yeah, you know this this to happen that for some reason the director has demanded that they are kidnapped and interrogated, or that there's a, another faction involved that's trying to get the information that's suspicious that knows something. Oh yeah, it could even be as simple as another team of travelers have could have been hired to take out your travelers. Yeah, exactly. So I think that this episode kind of introduces the idea that there's some kind of opposing force. Yeah. Um, and and we don't know yet what that is. Yeah, I mean you can't put technology back in a box once it's out. So if the good guys have the technology to travel back in time, why win the bad guys? Yeah. Yeah. And and you're right, there is a bit of amb- ambiguity around who are the good guys, who are the bad guys. How would we know? How would we know when yeah. somebody lands, whether we, they've been sent by the good guys or the bad guys? We don't have the information of what is happening in the future time. So we're less with these questions that guide me to a result that I've seen a lot in the past, I suppose. Um, But given how the show tends to go, I don't expect it will go that way, but I'm worried it will. Okay. Um, But I I, I guess I want to see more of this identity Part of that's probably why the reason I'm probably getting a lower score than I would expect. Yeah. Um, Because you didn't really see that identity shift or like dilemma, like, adjustment of them being in other lives and like needing to kind of act around other people a certain way and figure out what they're doing. Yeah. I think, I think I understand what you're saying that we didn't necessarily see it um, in its natural habitat. Yeah. So, you know, so to speak in this particular episode, but I do think that what we see in this episode are the elements whereby those um, personalities have already seeped into the characters. Oh, okay. It kind of rather than the other way around, if you're trying to live in this other world, this other world is starting to live inside of you. So Carly really cares about that kid. Yeah. She's, she is like, do not hurt my son. <laughs> it, it was a big change between, um, I think, what I remember seeing in the first episode. She's like, shit, now I've got to deal with kid. Yeah, exactly. Um, to being very um, maternal. Yeah. And and Philip's addiction is like, it's it's taking hold of him and he's like, I can't hold out. I have. So I'm going to let you know, guys. We're ca- I'm not. We don't have a clock, but I know that we're about at the time where I need to have a microdose. Or exactly. Something's going to happen. Exactly. And even like silly little things. You know, Trevor's like, this body is a teenage boy. Do not say anything suggestive, or else I'm going to be in a world of pain. <laughs> like it's those little tiny things that have started to to seep into their own personalities that kind of comes as a consequence of living in, in someone else's shoes. Mm. And I kind of appreciate 
I find that that element of the identity stuff way more interesting than just like, I've got to pretend to be somebody else in someone else's life. Yeah. It's not a matter of who am I? It's a matter of my identity is being influenced by just living like this person. Like who have I become now that I am this person and I have to be this person all the time. It's interesting that's starting to happen so quickly. Yeah. So it's interesting, right? It is interesting. Um, but it's more interesting on a larger scale. Yes. As opposed I, to when we're talking about multiple episodes and through lines and developmental structures. And that whereas, was always going to be the problem with trying to pick an episode for this, yeah. is that I fully – I think that the episodes do self-contain um, yeah, in I a mean, way like, that I can still watch one and still feel more or less satisfied. I mean, in this one they didn't resolve it in terms of solving the mystery, but – But there's generally a mission. There's yes. generally a goal to each episode that is resolved in some context. Yeah, but the grander um, the grander satisfaction does come from a whole. So that's something that I often don't enjoy in a TV show, but for some reason this one doesn't bother me, and I quite like that the, that the grander arc is more important than the episodic – you know, stories. Mm, But it's a very slow burn. It's not even that slow of a burn. Episode four or five is when it starts to get interesting. If you ask my opinion, this is where it starts to get interesting. Yeah, yeah. I remember us talking about which episodes we're going to pick and she's like, you, oh, mate, 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 episode five, just just push one more time. And I was like, yeah, but I was already pushing, mate. Well, I mean, if even if this one didn't get you, Try was, one more. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I think say the next one will get you. Yeah, you were saying, okay, so um, why you've, – you've already elaborated on this, uh, I think, a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, but I do think, uh, before I go into my ranking of the show, uh, I want to know, like, in a more concise manner, I suppose, sure. what is it about uh, the show that you really love? I, I like the moral questions brought up by this idea of time travel and changing time and what do we change and what don't we change and – putting our faith in something that we can't even see but we know exists but it's, it's, it's really not a away. it's not a spirit it's not a it's faith not a religious belief, belief. But it's a faith in a governmental structure or an authority figure yeah yeah it's it's the faith in in the uh the algorithms basically that are spat out by this supercomputer so it's scientifically based but it's still faith um and i like I, I find that that's really interesting territory to play with. Like humans are at the helm of this supercomputer, right? Or we just don't know at this point. Well, it was built by somebody, but all the calculations are still being done by this done by the computer. computer. The computer has basically taken all of human history and figured out the points. and put it in together and figured out the points where things started to go wrong and is and is basically going. If we fix this, then the possibilities go like this, but most of the possibilities are good <laughs> as opposed to bad. Yeah. Um, it, it's a numbers game, so that's why it's the computer who's doing it. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. It's all statistics. So I, the, I like the the moral and the kind of um, the moral and ethical and philosophical implica- implications of that, and I think that it's played really well through this team of characters who also form this found family. I love a found family. You do. Um, and, and a five-man band that, like, does interact perfectly to give you a little bit of everything to make sure that the – um, the debates are being had. Um, yeah, I like they're not all get, just foot soldiers. They're not no, all blindly following orders. Absolutely there not. is a discussion, there is a debate about physically what they're doing, yeah. even though they do have clear orders. Yeah, exactly. So I think that these characters who, and not all of them I like as characters, but I like them all as a group. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Not that I dislike any of them. But no, like, but there, there are a bunch of um, people who wouldn't normally seemingly work together. Exactly. Working together. Yeah. And that forces them to either be more creative or more restrained. Yes. Yep. Um, yeah. So I think that I think that's a really good balance of idea and execution in terms of um, plot and characterization. That's kind of the way it works. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, it's, it's nice when a trope actually is successful. Um, I, I do have a question, though. Yeah. Um, Philip's historian mind powers. Yes. Does he have... Is he like a Wikipedia? Or is it just the tales that he has the information of? No, he has... A lot of historical information. A lot, if not pretty much all of the historical information. But it's at a point to not overload the brain that he will only access it when he needs to. Exactly. So that's why he might not always know everything by T.S. Eliot. Um, or Maya Angelou, yeah. but then but if he has is- the ability to access all that information in, like, a search bar. Exactly. So he basically, um, like, a lot of what we see Philip working out with his historian brain are tells um, and uh, basic historic events so that he could go, like, oh, we're going to go to this location to do this mission. Well, this location has all of this, and that's probably why we're being sent there. Right. Um, and a lot of the, like, gambling information because he's always got to try and get them more money. So they're always, like, winning the lotto or um, horse, races. horse races or whatever it may be. So he's like, hang on, let me just find out. Let me just figure out what we can gamble on today. Oh, okay, the lotto numbers will be this and this horse race will win. So it's all there. But, yeah, it's like a search bar. He's got to access it. Um, yeah. I, 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 do, I do find that interesting as a character in terms of, like, mind, the power of the mind, what it's capable of, what are its, res- its limitations, you know, and, and how can it compute, uh, sorry, compete with a computer necessarily or computer levels of information yeah. access and that sort of thing. So um, before really knowing what his character was, he's definitely a character that I would have been drawn to, um, especially given his philosophical debates that he would have with McLaren forward slash Grant. Yeah. Um, so I, I am definitely intrigued. I'm going to... Say one star based on this episode. Star, hey. Uh, I. And why do you still do that? I keep wanting to say three stars to a lot of these episodes. And that's a big reason why we don't have that. It forces us. Whenever I talk about the podcast, like at a drinking night, I'm just like, yeah, so it really makes the hard decision that you can't just go on the three star. You kind of got to pick a lane. Yeah. Um, but, but you're going for a one. I, from this episode. Yeah. What was it? So I don't, I still don't really understand what it was about this particular episode that turned you off. Because I didn't really care about what was happening. I didn't feel like there was much of a threat until I had the fake out of um, Philip's death. And that was only momentary. Um, I I didn't really feel it, get a sense of stakes. Okay. I I, I don't like uh, necessarily... It's not like that I don't like seeing that there's a villain out there, but all we got was a tease of a villain out there. We got no information at all about who that villain was, what their motivations were, just the right. fact that there's something being known about them. Um, the only villainous force there was a really tall guy who I've seen play a bodyguard in a number of things. I'm sure I've seen his face uh, a I bunch mean, of times. He was not important. No, I know. But I know. Was, but it was also clear that he was not important. Um, yes, yes, yes. No, no, no. I didn't need to know any information about it. I'm just saying I've seen that actor do a very similar thing a number of times. Uh, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, from knowing what the situation is, knowing the episode context, knowing their host life and their mission protocol, um, sorry, their protocol, um, is I kind of wanted to see that, and I didn't really get to see that in this episode. Yeah, right. Uh, and so, like, even the second time round, there's not a lot that happens in this episode, 
and it wasn't as detailed as some of the others that I've seen in the past that I, I didn't really have to go back and watch it or pay that close attention. Yeah. Like, I was. Which I picked on purpose, but it's interesting <laughs> that you didn't like that. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it almost went too far in the other way for me. This kind of felt like a kind of episode of another show. Sure. That you could have just slotted in. Okay. You know, where there's kind of an episode where someone's captured, the other one's got to try and find them. We're generally in a crime show. It's just a two-person dynamic, whereas this time it's a five-team member. But because you, four of the team members were all in the same boat, there wasn't a lot of chance for them to kind of draw on their own skill set, I suppose. Yeah. Like, ultimately, we got to see Kari bite in a dude's artery. Yeah. But we didn't really get to see any of them do anything else much more than that, apart from um, Philip residing on his knowledge of poetry and accessing that information to try and not give them any sort of useful information. I like that as a creative solution. I the- thought it was, a, it was a creative solution, but I only got two little bits of like seeing them be creative really about it. Okay. Um, and yeah, I was just like spending time and I was, I was constantly writing down things that were happening in scenes with Grant. I'm like, but is this even going to be relevant? Is this even going to be important? Is how he's finding this person important? Oh, he's having a conversation with David here. Is it important? And I was like, oh, why are we spending? S- but like everything is important. But I, I wasn't sure. Like, you know, like oh, in terms of my recap, in terms of how much information oh, needed right. to go into, and yeah. if it was important to the episode in terms of who someone was and where they were and where they ended up. Uh, yeah. And it just, it kind of went the way I expected. Okay. Yeah. But on a whole, I would probably more rank this two eyes. On this episode, I'd, I'd give it a one. Yeah. And the tricky part of that is that I did pick this episode knowing what you had already seen and trying to give you the idea of this in conjunction with everything Yeah, else. yeah. And so I think in conjunction with everyone else, it's, it's, it's a two eyes. Okay. Um, it's given what... I think this episode was leading to, especially given that it's like it ended on such a, but there's someone, but what about the mission that we just did? Yeah. It was a very foreboding comment that I didn't really, it didn't really grab me. And I'm just like, okay, so will we find out about that in the next episode or in like five from now? Not the next episode. There you go. Uh, I need to get on board, I think, with this trickle of information because I think the payoff is quite high, isn't it? I think so. And I think... I think it's just a bit of an adjustment that needs to be made. It's yeah. just the idea of, um, yeah, things will pay off and they, they may pay off sooner than you think. It's not like we've got to wait till the end of season three for something back here to pay off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know. And would you say that this episode is better watched in a binge session? Absolutely. Because then you get to see those pieces connect together easier. I, I absolutely think this is, a, this is a bingeable show. Like I said, I watched it all in one day oh, when gosh. I was super duper exhausted. Cause that's just the thing. I haven't been really grabbed by these people yet. I've been very, I've been in this episode intrigued me more about those people. Yeah. Right. It did, but only a little bit in conjunction with the other information I knew about their host life and their yeah. episode context that you gave me. Yeah. Um, so all over, maybe I'll just say we're giving this two eyes. Yeah. Okay. Because this is a bit of a, a more odd situation where this is one that I've, got a, a significant amount of information on previously. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. But interesting to note that uh, it's uh, ended its three seasons. Some shows I think only need to do three seasons without going into different plot lines. That it's are... one of those things where if they had gone into the fourth season, it would have had to have been a different show. Yeah, yeah. Um, like how Supernatural is done five times over by now. Maybe not. That's the best analogy. Um, but I'm serving like in a, a, in a different a, way, in a broader like chapter of a story. In the way know. that, like, you know how Agents of Shield should have ended at season five when Coulson died. Yeah, like it's that kind of thing. It's like 
everything was wrapped up. Yeah. And and there's potential for it to kind of go again or uh, kind of further, but it's, you know, the bit that we've been doing is done. Yeah. We don't need to go any further. You should be satisfied with this first ending. Yeah. Go on another journey next season if you want to, but not necessary. Yeah, well, or don't because it's canceled. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was satisfied with the ending, but and and I'm not saying it's completely perfect all the way through. There are bits and pieces where I kind of go, I'm somewhat less interested in that. There's something to do with Nasty's character later, and I'm like, that makes no sense. Um, but you know, all in all, really strong series. I do recommend just like pushing through a little bit further and seeing if it grabs you, perhaps in the next episode. Mm, no, I'm actually going to go home and do that. Yeah. Yeah. Great, because yeah. I continued watching it this morning. I was like, fuck, this is a great show. <laughs> this is so good. I love this show. Uh, I don't yet, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll Two see. Eyes is pretty good. Two Eyes is good. I'm, I'm glad that I you weaseled up to talked to you around on that one. <laughs> um, so, Kurt, what, what's been in your eye this week? Uh, this week, uh, my eye has had the second season of Final Space. What's Final Space? So I think I talked about it in this first season a long time ago, but uh, Final Space is an animated TV show that's kind of like an adult sci-fi. Okay. Um, where a kind of hopeless individual who's kind of like stuck out in space in a computer-controlled ship for doing, um, like, serving out his community life sentence is like just doing these boring, monotonous things on a ship. And as his sentence finishes, he just happens to stumble upon a planet-killing alien specimen who's very cute and becomes his pet um that he names affectionately mooncake uh and has to stop the world from ending great and there's a bit of time travel thrown in okay it's 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 a very um fun show of basically like making a comedic version of kind of like star trek without a team where it's just like a couple of people and two of those people are humans and the rest are either alien or robots with sentience yeah. Um, and it the first season has has a very fun episode marker. Like at the beginning of each episode, it's counting down how many minutes of oxygen he has left, and it starts at like ten, and then it finishes with only one minute of oxygen left, um, bringing you up to the point where the series started. Uh, second season not as good. It kind of lost its edge a bit, but um, it's still as crazy as I remember. It's kind of like along the vein of that kind of adventure land kind of style humor of sometimes going off the rails and just like not making any sense, but not needing to because it's in outer space. Yep. Um, it's just a fun show. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Had some good times. Fair yeah. Enough. Yeah. Uh, I have been watching the Patriot Act with Hassan Minaj. Oh yeah. I enjoyed that. I haven't seen the latest season though. Yeah. I really enjoyed the latest season actually. Mm, mm, mm. I really like how there's so many things that I just don't consider are going to be a problem. <laughs> and then Hassan Minaj brings it up and I'm like, God damn it. This means I can't like that thing either. <laughs> There's just more things for us to be aware about that are horrible in the world. Like I knew that the like working conditions on cruise ships were bad. Oh, are they really that. that bad? Yeah, they're really awful. And oh, no. I'm, like the legality around cruise ships is like super sketchy. Oh, because it's in different areas, I suppose. Well, as well. it's because you can register your, your cruise ship company wherever you like. So all of these like American companies, they're American in every way, shape and form, except that they're in Panama, so they follow Panamanian laws. So that means minimum wage and other things would need to be different. Oh gosh, it's horrible! Um, and yeah, and this season he like went on a big rant about fentanyl, um, which is a, a, a drug craze basically that's going mm, on at the moment, mm. which I knew nothing about. Um, so it's just like... I think I've had that. 
under hospital use. Oh yeah, probably. <laughs> I know. Probably not though. It's only really supposed to go to like um, late stage cancer patients. Oh okay. I might be thinking of Phenadryl. Possibly. I, but the way you said it, I wasn't sure if it was the same drug. I don't know. Um, it was a replacement for morphine. Um, after surgery. It, anyway. is, it is a painkiller, but I believe it's, like, so powerful. It's really only supposed to be given to, like, yeah, late-stage cancer patients. Hectic. Um, so I don't think you'd have gotten it as a post. When I was on it, I thought the floor turned to cats, but I was coming off the morphine, so I wasn't sure which one was affecting me. I mean, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. <laughs> Probably. Um, that was a fun, that was a fun time. <laughs> like, granted, I was in sheer agony, but uh, the part of coming out of that was the painkillers and then seeing, you know, that kind of coloured carpet that's the kind of colour to bus seats yep. and nurses' uniforms. Yeah. It was, it was a very fun, like, pattern to see on cat shapes. You had a much funner time coming out of surgery than I did. I hated coming out of surgery. I felt really uncomfortable. Yeah. I was like, I, everything is blurry and I don't have control over anything. And because it was wisdom tooth surgery, I just had, oh yeah, wife house, mouth was so full of wadding and I don't like it when there's lots of things in my mouth because then I feel like I can't breathe and not being able to breathe is one of my like major fears. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was like, I want, why is there stuff in my mouth? The worst thing about those kind of situations is the drooling though, I find. Oh my God, I drooled so much. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so Hassan Minaj, um, I really enjoy the Patriot Act. Yeah, available on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Final Space Season 1 is available on Netflix. Great. I guess that means that's it. Yeah, I suppose that's it. Um, please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Um, you can get in touch in touch in or touch, whatever you would really. No, just in, touch. In touch sounds dirty. <laughs> um, uh, you could get in touch electronically with us. Yes. If you wanted to send an email, uh, please let us know any suggestions for shows. It's, it's so great to know that people are listening, but please feel free to get, reach out to us at jackarinamedia at outlook.com. Guys, we want to engage. Please we would engage. love to hear from you uh, and also take your suggestions on tv shows uh for us to actually get into because yeah. if it's something that you want to hear about we're more than happy to do it absolutely or if you just hate something that we've talked about on a tv show if you think that we're completely wrong we'd also love to hear that we might do it again we might we have given shows a second chance every we once have. in a while we have um other than that yeah like i said uh all of those things email us at jacaranamedia at outlook.com uh and reviews are really 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 helpful in like other people seeing it, letting other people know about the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So if you have two minutes, it'll be super nice. Mm, I've been told you can just do it in the app. You, well, of course you could just do it in the app. How else would you do it? Well, I mean, like, I don't use Apple iPhones and some of my apps I don't think that have a review capability or they don't seem to have many of them there. Should get onto that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you can do it. It's super easy. Anyway, uh, or if not, please just tune in next week. Thanks. Like we talk about blank. I don't know yet. <laughs> you don't know what it is. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Have a good one. Bye. Because it's one of the most expensive ones too. I mean, it's a, it's an over, it's a, it's an unnecessary drug. <laughs> it's oversold. And overpriced. It um, doesn't do much. I guess some people like it. Yeah, I think it's more of the, apparently it's better in other places. Um, Australian coke is just not good. Apparently. But also, I think it's more of the prestige around it. <laughs> Expensive wine?
like buying expensive drugs makes you feel better? I don't know. I don't know. You're asking the wrong person. I know. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.